and welcome to this episode of Big Blue Brothers. I'm Andrew Hobbs here in Salt Lake City. I'm joined by my two brothers, Stephen, first in Louisville. Stephen, how you doing? Good, doing pretty good. And then David joins me as well from Lincoln, Missouri. David, how you doing? I'm doing great. That's great. Well, for those of you who are listening for the first time, what Big Blue Brothers is is a podcast where a few brothers decide to talk the Big Blue. Specifically, we're talking about Kentucky basketball. Going to be talking about the first two exhibition games we had and then previewing some other ones. But before we get started, I have a non-basketball question for you guys because this is very concerning to me. I walked into a store today, and it wasn't like a big store. It was like an animal shelter type thing, okay? And, and when I walked in there, they were playing Christmas music, and it's November 2nd. So when is it okay to play Christmas music? Because I'm thinking not till after Thanksgiving. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, the, definitely not until the day after at least Thanksgiving. Yes. And you should also stop playing Christmas music as soon as Christmas is over. Like as soon as Christmas presents are done or like the day after Christmas? No, like Christmas Day. <laughs> like you can have it to the 25th. When the 26th hits at midnight, that's it. You're done. David, Except you can play James Penguin. That is the only song you can play <laughs> December 26th. No. Yes, but, but uh, an animal shelter, not even close to the same thing as a store. It's pretty so, close. Concern there. But I just, I, I'm glad that we're on the same page. Too early for Christmas music. I love Christmas, but that's too much. Um, so let's get into the games, since this is a, a sports podcast. Uh, we'll go over, like, what happened in the specific games. We played Georgetown and Kentucky State. First, I'm going to do with you guys, best thing you saw, worst thing you saw uh, with these first two exhibition games. So, Steven, start with you. Best thing you saw, worst thing you saw. Ooh, uh, I think best thing I saw might be like um, twofold. One, the best thing I think I saw was a combination of I really think Higgins just looks in control of the offense. Um, just looks very fluid, knows what he's doing out there. It's great to be able to have uh, Maxi kind of keep up with him. And I also really like how uh, Khalil Whitney bounced back for game two. He looks like he could have – obviously it's one game on both sides, but he looks like he could be really be a player. Worst thing is definitely EJ Montgomery. I mean, he is just lost in the sauce. Like all of his points came in just like basically garbage time last game, and he just he looks lost in the sauce. Especially with uh, Richards out, he's got to step up big time. Yeah, David. Uh, I think the best thing is we they always say like we're gonna have a really great three point shooting team, and some years it's not even close to being great. It's okay, uh, but this year I think that we're we're doing pretty well. Uh, worst thing is definitely Richards getting hurt because, like Steven said, EJ is lost in the sauce. <laughs> and uh, Richards, Richards would have been would have been the guy to to have him play instead of EJ. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think the best thing that I saw a little bit different was I was excited to see that uh, Sestina is a good ball player you know this is the first time that we've seen him play in action obviously with the exhibition games but since the negatives and the worst things that we saw was a combination of Montgomery just does not look good and then Richards got hurt we're gonna need another big guy so so to see that Sestina actually did well uh, and I think he can be a pretty big contributor on the team I think was was a very good thing there but 
So these games. You think, uh, go ahead. You think I was thinking like you know if if Richards is out for a while and Montgomery's going to be doing his little whatever lost in the sauce thing. Uh, I, I would actually be interested in seeing Cal run a three guards, and then if I think Whitney might be a little little small, but maybe go Brooks and Sestina. You wouldn't have a lot of height to you. You'd be really be able to spread the floor out and really be able to move it on. I'd be interested to see a lineup like that possibly coming up. Yeah, I think it'd work. It would just depend on whenever we are against a team that has a dominating big man or a lot of guys yeah. that are things like that. Because like something that Richards can give us that hopefully Montgomery can give us later is they don't even have to produce that much on offense. I feel like I feel like the guards are are pretty good on offense, but they just need to rebound and then to be able to protect the rim a little bit. Uh, cause I mean, we got out rebounded in that first exhibition game and we were playing against guys that were like six foot six. So that seems to be kind of an issue whenever it comes to that. A little bit. So talking about these exhibition games started out with Georgetown, uh, uh last Sunday, uh, beat them 80 to 53. Um, what did you guys think about us getting out rebounded there? Is that concerning? No, nah, not to me just because. I, this is the way they play. It's a lot of threes. It's a lot of long twos. Um, it's just different. Uh, so I, if we get beat on the boards by Michigan State by a lot, then that's different. Also, it's hard. It, it is hard. I know it's an exhibition. It's fun to play ball, but it's still hard to get up for games like that. So yeah, we'll. I don't. I'm not really worried about it as of now. I'm only worried about it in the sense that Richards and EJ weren't that great at rebounding last year. And it doesn't seem like they've gotten an extraordinary amount better at anything. So I'm worried that they haven't done better. Because last year we had, you know, we had Reed Travis, and he was awesome because he was gigantic and uh, could just kind of muscle his way through. But we don't have that this year. Yeah. At least below, we got out to a pretty good start at the beginning of the game. So that was a good thing. Had some couple of double-doubles by guys. Ashton Hagen said 14 points, 10 assists, and then Sestina had a double-double with 11 points and 10 rebounds. Anybody else in that game that really just stuck out to you that you liked the way that they played against Georgetown? I don't – I think so. just uh, – I like no, Sestina's really. hook. Yeah, it'd be nice to see if he can do that throughout the season to get some. Yeah. I, I don't know if it'll work on bigger guys, but I like his hook. Dave is old school basketball now all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I do think uh, it was nice to see quickly coming out, um, being able to score. I think he had a the game high of 16 points there. Um, so that was uh, – a. Uh, a good deal seeing him score as well. But like I said, the the guards seem to be playing pretty well. It's just the bigs that we'll have to worry about coming up, I guess. Uh, we also, on defense, we held them to 25% shooting. So that was a good thing. Uh, made a good portion of our shots, 40% from three, 49% all around, um, and spread out the scoring a little bit. Uh, four different guys were in double figures and eight – of our players scored at least five points there. Any other lasting impressions from that first of the two exhibition games? Uh, I think, like, like I just said, just I, I just really think Hagan's just looks so, so much in control. He just looks like he's just on a different level. Like it's the game; you can tell the game has really slowed down for him, um, and he's just he's just cruising basically through it. And I, I just think that's going to really help Max. Yeah, I, 
Maxie must be a better shooter than he is shot because I feel like he shoots about every time. It looks like a really flat shot on his free throws and everything, but he has no worries about putting it up. So if he ever hits him, starts knocking him down, that'll be even better for us. Yeah, love love seeing Higgins in the first game. His defense is just so fun to watch. I liked – I think my one of my favorite plays from the game is whatever portion of it was uh, – Georgetown had gotten the ball and the guy was trying to do a quick outlet up over top and Hagens was right in front of him and just jumped up, took the ball away, went down and scored. And I just, he, he's always in the passing lanes, which I know you're playing Georgetown, but I think we saw last year, you know, that that's really his strength. Yeah, he, he he's, he's proven he can do it against the division one talent. So, yeah. So second of our, expedi- our ex- exhibition games uh, playing Kentucky state, um, so fun seeing us play against these uh, local schools, giving them a, a shot to play at Rupp Arena. They changed up the starting lineup for that game. Uh, so they had, what, Hagens, Maxie, Whitney, uh, Sestina, and then Montgomery, partly just because Richards was hurt, um, but then also quickly didn't get the start, you know, in, in the second game. Um, thoughts on that new starting lineup, one that you like better than the other, or do you think Cal is just going to work with it for a little bit? Uh, I mean, I think that uh, Cal kind of does this for his exhibition games. He kind of always – I feel like he's always tried two different lineups. Uh, I, I think I think you're going to see games where quickly is going to be the third uh, guard of starting, and sometimes you're not. It's just going to kind of depend, at least for the first couple weeks, see what goes on. And then I, I think if both bigs are healthy, or if all bigs are healthy, you're still going to see Richards and Montgomery, even though you're probably better off going – Richards and Sestina, but you'll you'll probably see that lineup for the most part. David, <laughs> I mean, I mean, um, I agree, uh, but I think especially later in the season, as long as Richards is healthy, it won't EJ won't start for past probably January, February at the latest. I don't think EJ will start uh, in any game past February unless he just dramatically increases in talent. Yeah, he's going to need to improve a little bit, I think. But, I mean, people talked about before, I think we talked last week about how maybe you keep Montgomery and Richards in there at the beginning just because they might you might lose them <laughs> if you don't keep them at least starting and then Sestina probably getting most of the uh, the playing time actually in the game. Um, I think as far as the second game, it was really good to see Khalil Whitney uh, come back from being scoreless in that first game uh, and then coming back with 15 points. I I think even the first uh, play of the game, he had an and one uh, to begin Mm -hmm. the game. That had to be good to see, right, Steven? Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I think he was probably one of the better things I saw in the two games just because of the bounce back for him. Um, Just looked very much more in control. Looked very aggressive, too. I mean, he was – Want to pull up some shots and looks like he's got a little bit of a decent uh jump shot there so i think that just gives you another another easy option to get some points at now, david you had said before that you thought uh johnny juzang needed to get some playing time to you know work on his defense different things like that hit a couple of shots what did you think about his time on the court in those first couple games uh exactly what i thought it was going to be that he's pretty good pretty good shooter um not not the greatest, but pretty good, and uh, his defense is still lacking. But that's all right. It's only November. He's got. I didn't a, think his defense was too bad, though. Yeah, 
He he looked. It's not as bad as what everybody was saying. I don't think. Yeah, I think the the first. I thought it was hilarious. The first game that the announcers were mentioning, he forgot to uh, check in with the score table whenever he came into the game, and they had to mm-hmm. send him back to redo do it. But that's, twice. Yeah, I guess <laughs> big moment. Uh, you know, getting to be able to play and stuff like that. Not quite used to it. But speaking of people that weren't used to it, what did you guys think of? We had our walk-ons. I think it's, what, Brennan uh, Canada and then Riley Welch that checked into the game, and then they didn't even put up a shot. Or the one guy did, but it was an air ball or something. But I feel like I'd be shooting every time I got the ball. I was a walk-on, and I got in. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be taking shots. You know, that's the one, probably the only one thing I would say I'd complain about with Cal is he, he, Especially those exhibition games, man. I just feel like, man, get those kids, those guys on the end of the bench, get them in with like four or five minutes to go so they can, they can actually do something. We'll be up 30 and starters will play till the last 30 seconds and then they just want the, those walk-ons to hold the ball. You go through all those practices, man. I say let them get out and run for two or three minutes. And like, and like you're saying, with that exhibition game, I mean, it's good to be on the court, but how much more is it going to be helpful to your starters to be on the floor with five minutes left against Georgetown college? Like that's, they're not getting a lot of like really good, you know, uh, action there. It's not high quality opponents or anything like that. So I'm with you there, but the big, big thing we got to talk about is this uh, kickoff to the season. Those exhibitions are great. They're fun. Get some local kids to be able to play at Rupp, but we got Michigan state coming up on Tuesday, November 5th, nine thirty Eastern ESPN champions classic. Um, what it are, we're the second game, right? And then the first game is yeah. So I'll yeah. take I'll take any bet anybody wants that that game doesn't start before ten o'clock. Anybody <laughs> wants to take a bet, just call me up. I'll take the bet. Which that let me game tell you. start until ten twenty, ten thirty on East Coast. Best be great to live in the mountain time. Zone. Yes, <laughs> about to say that. Best thing, best thing about living out here is the fact that every <laughs> game is two hours before. So while y'all won't get to bed until like one o'clock, <laughs> then I'll be in bed much sooner. Well, I'm actually working that night, so it's okay that it's late, but still. Yeah. yeah. Will you be able to, to watch it with working, or will you watch it live with working and stuff? You're not able to do that. Oh, I've already informed pretty much everybody on my platoon that whenever that game does start, my happy rant is going to be sitting somewhere watching this game, and <laughs> it better be a deathly emergency before I'm leaving my seat. So <laughs> they're all well aware. Oh, there you go. <laughs> At least they're aware. But pretty exciting. Th- these Champions Classics are always a blast because you've got some of the top schools, not just like ranked at the top, but also the ones that are historically great. Uh, so we get to play Michigan State. They start the year as number one. We start the year at number two. Um, I think it's only the second time that I've seen that like the first game of the season, according to the stats, the, the, the first game of the season was against an AP number one and number two team. Back in 75, Indiana played UCLA and Indiana won. But we are around 50% whenever it comes to playing one versus two. Um, what are you guys thinking about this Michigan State game? Feeling nervous? Feeling confident? I'm not nervous because I think oh, we're going to lose. <laughs> so it's going to be nervous about <laughs> Thank you, David. <laughs> I, mean, I think it's close, but I think we lose. <laughs> What do you think is the uh, the the reason that we lose? You think that we're like you think it's going to be a close game or what? I mean, I thought it was going to be a close game before Richards got injured. Uh, so if he's not playing, I really think we lose. For well, sure. now they're talking that maybe he's day to day. You know that he could possibly. Yeah. Come back. Well, you act like Richards is like some stud. He's just a body out there. Some hey, most man. of the time. He is, but he's, he's a big he, body. He's the superstar. And, 
<laughs> against Drew Franklin. teams that aren't Georgetown <laughs> and aren't Kentucky State, uh, size matters a little bit more. So, but yeah, I think we lose by like seven. Did you happen to watch uh, Auburn play last year in the tournament? Maybe. I might have. I, I don't remember, you know. It's, I'm pretty sure they were a lot smaller and they made the game. championship game and basically should have won the game. But, yeah. you know, size, I guess, matters. <laughs> Steven, are you confident going into this game or nervous? What are you thinking? Uh, I'm definitely nervous. I don't know about confident. I mean, I think it'll be a good game. But, I mean, I, let's be honest, I thought last year was going to be a good game. We got beat by 40-something points, I think. So, yes. um, <laughs> first game of the year, is you never know. But I, I do like the fact that we have – if we didn't have – just my opinion, if we didn't have Hagen back, I think with their with their star guard Cassius Winston, yeah. who's a senior, and going up against Maxi, then I'd I'd be a little more worried. But not that Hagen's is I mean he's not a senior, but he's been through the 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 battle before and he's I mean he did make the made the Elite Eight. So I I I'm looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be a good game. Uh I think I don't know. I, I just I just think we match up with Izzo's teams because Izzo doesn't recruit the same kind of athletes we do. So yeah. they may be, even if they're a little better, more skilled or more, uh, more disciplined, we always have the better athletes and that usually helps us against uh, Izzo team. So what's the, do we, what's the difference this year between this game and the first game last year where we played Duke? I know that you mentioned, you know, one of the differences well, being the just, score. yeah, hopefully the score, but then we've got Hagen's back is helpful. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm thinking just the fact that even if we were to lose this game, like getting blown out by 40 would be demoralizing. But the fact that last year it was Duke, I feel like really, I mean, for some reason I did not feel very into basketball for a little bit. I think because of that game at the beginning, it was just like, well, this sucks. And working with a Duke fan and having to hear about the fact that we lost by however much we lost by, like that kind of sucked. But I feel like even this year, if we lose this game, hopefully it won't be by 40. Uh, and then also just the fact that it's not Duke. So that's always a plus. Well, I mean, I think the uh, – I don't know. I guess the difference is I just think Kentucky has a different mentality in the game, first of yeah. all. I think last year being mostly all young guys um, when freshmen that they just kind of – they just they, – they thought they had it. And I think Duke took it personal. And I don't think Duke – I think if you played that game, that same game the next night, I don't think the score the score is anywhere close to it. And I would have loved to see our chances of playing in the final four, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, even after that loss, so but I, I just think the mentality of this, this team is different, and you always have these fans in this state that freak out over, you know, oh my goodness, this we lost by forty, we're the worst ever, and I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I was still on the boat of, I, I it took me a while to get back into it, but I was still the whole time thinking and telling people that you know this team still got the pieces, it's not about the first game of the year, it's you got to get to the tournament, and even then, it's about the draw you get. It's, yeah. You know, look at Auburn. I mean, they just got hot. They went through the murderers row and got hot and made it to the the final game. So I, I think, I think as long as Kentucky puts on a good show, I'd love to see him win obviously, but if they lose to the number one team in the country on a neutral court with a new team, I mean, it's hard to fault them for that. So. Yeah. Not a worst thing in the world, uh, but we do want to win, you know, cause that would be, and cool thing, <laughs> cool perk with winning, not just cause it's awesome to win, but they're number one, we're number two. We don't have a very tough schedule for most of the non-conference. So if we were to beat them, we'd probably spend a long time at number one, uh, which would be cool. We'd get a lot more, you know, coverage uh, and things like that. But let's talk Michigan State. Uh, Steven, you mentioned earlier their star guard, Cassius Winston, um, senior, 
uh, averaged around 18, 19 points a game last year, seven and a half assists or so, about 40% from three. So he's definitely a major weapon. We'll see how Hagens can handle him. The big matchup problem, though, David, like you were talking about, especially if we don't have Richards, is their big man, uh, Xavier Tillman, uh, 6'8", junior forward uh, for Michigan State, averaged 10.7 boards last year. Um, David, what I'm hearing from you, I think, is that's your concern for this game is the the mismatch that we may have down low. Yeah, I mean, uh, Richards isn't a phenomenal player, but he's considerably bigger. Uh, than our other players, and he's definitely better than Montgomery. Uh, Sestina is uh, – yeah, I mean, he's he's another big, but he's he's more of a, like, back away, like his his hook. It's, it's He's he's not a uh, stand-your-ground, heavy defensive player. So I'm just worried that uh, Tillman's just going to walk all over on the inside and catch all the rebounds. Yeah. Well, you do we- know that him and Tillman are the same size, though, right? <laughs> not the same weight. <laughs> uh, Xavier Tillman Tell- is 6'8", 245, and Nate Sestina is 6'9", 234. That's 11 pounds. That 11 pounds. That 11 pounds is the seven-point difference David is seeing in the game right here. So. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I, I, I think, I think I'd rather have uh, Sestina guard him than EJ Montgomery, to be honest with you. Yeah, probably. Uh, now, we've talked a lot about our injury uh, issue with uh, with Richards, but they've got a huge one. Joshua Langford, who's uh, out for a long time, um, probably to at least January with his uh, foot injury, second foot injury in, in 10 months for him. Stephen, what do you think that weighs into the game? Does that uh, Did you have us winning, do you think, before that? Did that change how you think the game will, will end up, or does it cancel out with Richards being out? Uh, I mean, if, if you're talking about both teams being at full strength, then that's definitely a a bigger loss for them. Although I will say that they also played a they played a lot of basketball without him already um, in the past couple of years. I know they've got a few new players, but they know what it's like to play without him. They know what it's like to play with him. So I, I, if they were at full strength, it'd be yes, it'd be harder. But there is also that 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 time where somebody loses the team loses their star player I never want to play them the next game because that's that's they're always a rallying cry and their big moment and yeah the national media and the national the easy thing to do is say oh well they lost their second best player they're not going to win so they all take that as a personal front and we all know how that can go so yeah so talked about the game what are our thoughts on predictions David I know you said that we're going to lose so you're the Debbie Downer of the group but <laughs> let's get scores yeah, let's let him go first yeah so David score yeah I know you said we're going to lose by seven what do you think the score is going to be <laughs> uh, I say it's probably 64 71 okay Steven what are you thinking um I would say it's definitely gonna be a lower scoring game I'm I'd say like 73 68 cats all right, I'm thinking 72, 65 cats. I think we won by just a, a bit more. Um, before we're done for this time, got some questions while I was watching one of the exhibition games. They threw up on the screen some new rule changes for this year and wanted to get your guys' thoughts on these different rule changes. So there were five that they mentioned. We'll talk about a couple of them. Um, so I'll, I'll read these off to you. You let me know which one you think is the biggest deal uh, and how you think it will affect games this season either for Kentucky or just everybody so they've incre- increased the distance of the three-point line they're going to reset the shot clock to 20 
seconds after an offensive rebound. The head coach can call a timeout in the last two minutes of a game in overtime. Uh, replay reviewable basket interference calls. So you can review basket interference calls and goaltending in the last two minutes. And then those elbow fouls and the hook and hold uh, fouls can be changed at the monitor. So, Stephen, what do you think about these rule changes? Do you think they're good? Uh, which one do you think is going to be the biggest effect on basketball this year? Yeah, I'd say overall they're, they're all good changes. Um, I think the big one is just going to be being able to change a call at the monitor just because we've seen that happen so many times where you can obviously tell it's not a foul or was a foul and they can look at the play, but they can't change it. Um, so obviously you can't, you don't want to challenge or check out every single call or non-call, but I think that'll be the biggest one. I don't think they made a big deal in the broadcast about the head coaches being able to call a timeout. I, I, I don't see that as being a big thing. I think kids are smart enough to, a lot of kids are smart enough to see a timeout and when their coaches yelling at them to call a timeout, I don't, I'm seeing there's very few instances where they haven't done it. So. Yeah. David. I agree. I mean, I don't, I don't think that the three point line is a big deal. Um, I don't think pushing it back uh, is going to do anything. I think the only thing it does is help them kind of adjust to to what the NBA three-point line is going to be in the future. Um, I, I like that you can go to the monitor for hook and holds and basket interference. Um, but I, I think overall uh, that's probably going to be what affects the game the most is going to the monitor for uh, fouls. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't see the – I don't see the the timeouts being a big deal at all. Yeah, Maybe I, it'll say a few seconds. I think it'll definitely affect the end of the game when it gets to the resetting the shot clock to 20 and an offensive rebound. Because think, end of a game, uh, you've got 30 seconds left or whatever. You take a shot, you get the rebound because your team misses it and you're up by two or whatever before it would have been you know game's over they have to foul you now maybe there's a little bit of chance for the game to to be a little faster um because of those offensive rebounds uh, but we'll see we'll see how these things affect us this year uh, and that's it for us for this week with the big blue brothers podcast david thanks for joining steven thanks for joining yeah no problem all right we'll see you guys next week